You're listening to Kurakas, a podcast for artists and creatives to get advice on the business of the arts from renowned Zimbabwean experts in their respective fields. Funded through the Scripts and Bars project by K-Media Africa, supported by the British Council in partnership with the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, SDC. Hosted by the Kura Agency team. In this episode, we talk to musician, producer, poet, and filmmaker, Tswarelo Motobe. We spoke to Tswarelo about his role at Teth District Music, which manages the international act Nobuntu, on how artists can go global. One of the biggest answers to this is something I never saw coming, but made so much sense, it kinda ended up feeling obvious. It's a really interesting conversation. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, uh, I'm Tswarelo Motobi. Uh, I think I'm a creative content creator. Uh, I think I'm a, I always call myself a, a creative industrialist because of, uh, time uh, uh, looking at my work in the arts I've worked in very diverse sectors of it uh, all I don't know if all is building up I believe all of it has been building up to a particular point in the sense that I started off in the writing space that was the first thing I could do as a first, okay, I'll say as a self-educated uh, artist, like I never went to any form of, I never got any form of art education. Uh, I always wanted to be an architect, but uh, when I finished my form four, my family was like, yeah, this is as far as we can push you, my guy. You know, before I even finished my form four, because I had to finish my form four at my own efforts, uh, and the likes. So from there on, failure to go on to exactly my dream. One thing that always stood out for me was I'm a creative person in everything that I have I've done in my life. At a young age, I've always been a creative person. Had a love for music. Had a love for literature from an, a young age. I'd read. I'd listen to music diversely. So the simplest thing to get into at that point was writing because writing is, I believe, the least costly art form. Just need a paper and a pen, you know, and then you're writing and then got into music because we formed rap groups and stuff like that. And we're writing rap verses. I was writing short stories. I was writing poetry and all that developed into me learning music production as, as the information age began post 2000. You know, now you can go online and download Fruity Loops, whereas before you needed to, I remember we would walk from Dumbane to Kwabalanda to Joma Sego's place to try and record. Uh, so that kind of thing. So uh, I got into music production and then 
while I was still writing, I was in poetry performance, started poetry movements, that poetry developed into spoken word, where I started writing, directing, and working with comedians, and that's my work with Clive Chigubu, may rest in peace, uh, uh, my work with Dando and them, and they diversify, went separate ways, my work with Mlomuako Poetry, Slams and Sessions, through which eventually I'd meet Tembi, uh my work in theater because also with clive we started off from the theater perspective and then decided to go the comedy route and as such all the while while that was happening i was also honing and developing and educating myself in being a filmmaker so while all that was happening i happened to meet a guy uh who's currently my business partner we run 10th district music together from the onset uh and uh he's the guy with whom we then developed uh a nobuntu uh got uh you know started this studio record label where we'd then uh we then work with these artists and develop these artists and grow these artists artists and stuff like that and export them i don't know if i've answered your question yeah <laughs> pretty much but um all let's right. let's see if we can dive deep into some of these things um all right talk to me about 10th district music um what is it um when how it came about and if you are privy to tell us some of the people that are under it okay so uh Tenth uh, District Music. Uh, well, its origin is older than me, cause uh, Ramatu. Uh, you said you mentioned having spoken to Fusam Kaya. So Ramatu is one of these old guys along with Fusam Kaya and Blessing. Or there's a Mbube group called Insingis. They were popular back then when I was young in the nineties. They sang Mbube, and so Ramatu was part of that. Today they like. Still popular, they're growing. They were based in Austria, uh, and uh, uh, so he sings with uh, Vusam Kaya and them. And uh, he already was trying to get a record label started while he was in Austria called Tenth District Music. So one year, I think it was two thousand and eight or two thousand and yeah, somewhere two thousand and eight. End of 2008, where Timbu Festival, you know, Mambazo's uh, festival, CIA festival, Ibumba, and he had recorded an album for Daffy Dube. And uh, so he's out there, he's, uh, you know, showcasing this album. And I happened to be there also at the festival and was at this album launch. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he's this big brother in the arts guy from Austria. And so people are sharing perspectives about the album. But largely, a lot of our peers locally, uh, I think we are not at first sight confrontational about things, about art, about our artists, such if someone shares with you an art piece of theirs, even if you have divergent views from just praising them, it's not on the first 
sharing that you'd actually come out and say, ah, but your mixing is bad, my guy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so at the festival, there a lot of people were like, ah, this is nice, put us, ah, wow, 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 thumbs up, thumbs up. But I could hear from my knowledge at the time and my understanding of music and production, I could hear certain inconsistencies for me, which I challenged him on right there because also at the time I think I was really fired up and radical too much for no good. Uh, so I challenged him. Uh, and he also answered the question as the producer of that album. And we exchanged numbers. It wasn't really a disrespectful challenge, but I just pointed out some things that I thought, ah, okay, please let me know about this and that, about that. And then he also answered that. And then we exchanged numbers. And then a week later, he calls me. Ah, this guy is calling me. Is he coming to pick me up or something? You know, he calls me. I give him directions. He comes to where I stay. And then uh, he said, ah, you know what, guy, I respected your perspectives the other day when we were sharing, you know, at least you show you got me to look into this product that I produced and look at some of the things that I, that I you know, may have known about or not been aware of, that kind of thing. So what can we do together? That's how 10th District Music, me and him, was born. Uh, he, he So he basically because I... We discussed, we had a meeting, we spoke back and forth and realized, you know what, there is a lot of great art locally uh, and you are out there in the world. You know the market opportunities, the possibilities. I'm here, I'm working, you know, with artists and yakere yak and blah, blah. And you know what, while you are out there in the world, I can be here putting this together to shoot, get you to send to you for you to look for markets. Ah, we thought, ah, that's cool. And uh, yeah, uh, we decided let's start a record label, a recording studio label type kind of thing. And I was like, so what do we call it? I'm like, ah, you're already running with 10th District. Uh, you've been working on it for a while. Let's not kill that. Let's just uh, jump onto that, you know, what you've started and you just move forward with it. Yeah. All right. And your your management journey. Um talk to me about how many artists you've gotten to work with and how many you've managed to like be able to take out of the country. Um brand wise. Uh honestly, I think I'm the only artist I've managed to take out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh I think, first and foremost, I didn't set out to be a manager or to manage. I'm an artist myself. I want to practice my art. So in the interest of collaborating with other people, uh, eventually, I just got called a manager. In my initial days, I would rebel against that. I'm not a manager. Because I, 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 I suppose at the time, I felt like it... it belittled the efforts of the collaboration, you know, or it belittled who I was in a particular production, my deserved credits, you check, where, you know, you write a production, you direct the production, you make it happen, and people come and call you a manager. 
you check you just i feel like no i'm a creative person i like to be acknowledged for my creative efforts i don't care about this other managing sides of things you know that kind of thing but then people see something in you as well that maybe you aren't quite so aware of you know so yeah in that regard i've worked with quite a number of people like i said poets i mean i met pilani when he was already great pan pen pen ish is always giving me a hard time about pronouncing his name uh i met uh, quite a number of poets i worked with a number of poets i also worked spoken word i mean uh, comedy uh initially with uh, like i mentioned clive and tandando who are like uh, became some of the biggest comedians in the country uh and then uh, come to 10th district music which is where the biggest platform where we we've managed to take artists out of the country uh yeah we had nobuntu we have nobuntu we have stangwe nongoma we've worked with chola benyoni is a maskandi musician from plum tree yeah we've uh, done an, so we also basically just do albums we might not be working particularly full on with the artist because once you do a product you know there's also the other side of then and then what so some products don't don't then grow like others in that regard you know so we worked with them with a group from Victoria Falls called oh, Victoria Falls Ubuntu we recorded an album with them one of our first recordings locally here uh we we recorded an album with Jay's Maravini which was an amazing experience and process we've recorded an album with Black and Folosi so because Jay's Maravini and Black and Folosi are already huge established flagship artists the idea was you know what these guys you know hustle make make it for themselves their names are already out there so you know what if we record an album with these guys and make sure each time they go on a tour they go anywhere they go to canada to the usa to europe wherever locally here wherever they go we just make sure we've got they've got cd's we make it a point they've got this album that we recorded with them so they sell it and then there's some funds from money to be made for both parties on that end you know that kind of thing that was like the idea and the drive and with the first time you had one of your projects like go beyond borders what happened for that to happen uh aron any of um, your projects pick one <laughs> yeah well yeah, I, 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 i'll be honest that our flagship project right now the biggest project we have that well uh, the most successful one is nobundu as a group as a brand as creatives and stuff we are privileged to work with those ladies with their talent you know with just everything that they bring you know so the one thing one of my biggest lessons uh in working with 10th district music in in listening to some of the ideas that ramatu has and challenging them and us disagreeing and agreeing and me putting my ideas is uh i learned of the beauty of our culture the beauty of our traditions the beauty of our heritage because uh living in a city 
that's like one of the first things you grow out of. You get into these urban types of, 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 of cultures, you get into urban practices and as such. You know, I grew up with a love for Bumbube music, but as I got to, into a teenager, I became a teenager, I started rapping and kind of like threw that love away. And yet, looking at Imbube and looking at rapping, Imbube is more likely to take me internationally than rap would right now, you see? Yes, rap can. Not that I'm saying rap will not. You know, but if I'm going to try and make it internationally with rap music, I have to make it our own. I have to bring it back to my culture, tradition, heritage to the kind of art we make as people living in Africa, in Zimbabwe, I'm living in Blawayo, or whoever is living in Bay Bridge, or whoever is living in, you know, Gueluchena, or whoever, you know, that way. And uh, I'd have to infuse it with that and give it that uniqueness that every other rap song out there doesn't have, you see? Which means me going back to that very heritage and culture and art that I grew out of into more urban uh, means of existence, you check. But that's the interesting thing. Why is it that's how, um, that what you're talking about, that our cultural and um, heritage music that's closer to home for us is what then goes global? Because you would expect that you get those language and cultural barriers, but that's what gets exported. That's what people then engage with the most. How is it that we don't fight with culture and languages when we then export that as compared to, like you were saying, doing rap, which almost every country knows? Uh, so, first and foremost, every country knows. And as such, it's nothing new. Two... There is a great travesty that happened in history. You know, the great travesty of one culture copy-pasting itself over all other cultures. And that's the Western culture. You see, where now, uh, we are all consumers of Western media and Western art, and as such, we then propagate the same thing. But in a world where, you know what, art matters, expression matters. It is your identity, who you are, your culture, that really sets you apart and defines you. And it is a new and unique and pleasant experience for anybody else who doesn't understand that. You know, somebody else who doesn't know that, who has been practicing their own culture, since time immemorial, since they were born, you know, they've been practicing their own culture. And then they get to meet, you know, a Kalanga person, dancing Amapisa. But they are, they are a dancer from France, and they have their own cultural dance there. And the way they understand and love dance, they see a Kalanga person dancing Amapisa, and they're like, what is this? I don't know it, but I see the rhythm. The rhythm is different. Uh, I'd love to, you know, that kind of thing. That's basically how 
your uniqueness sells out there. Look at the West today. I like to believe they are fast running out of stories or ideas. This is why a film like Black Panther made it on the level that it did. Because it's trying to tap into a certain newness that Americans have not yet consumed as yet. Or the rest of the world. And Africa is that newness, remember that. But the great travesty was we were then mentally beaten into and programmed into, you know what, our own thing is not beautiful. Our own thing will not make you money. I'll give you a simple fact. The most successful rap artists that I artists that I know from Zimbabwe, artists that have toured the Americas, the Europe, some of them are still touring, are the ones that infuse their own cultures, ideas unique to them, to their environment with rap, as opposed to the people that are as good as the current good rap artist and us doing something similar. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So, out there in the world, your culture, you know, you learn music. I, I love discovering new music. So, you learn music, you listen to music from Peru, you know, from Cuba. And it's, it's unique, it's something, it's its own thing and it's interesting, you know. And then you listen to music from India. It's its own thing. It's not what we practice here in Africa. So, is, is the trick here to play on the human nature of curiosity and wanting variety out of everything because what i'm picking up is if the world is already full of what we're already used to then what's the point of us duplicating that we might as well tell our own stories our own way the way that's original to us and because of that, that's what people are most likely going to tap into, even though they might not understand the language or the culture. Yeah, I mean, that's what we should have been doing from the onset and stubbornly doing. And as such, we would have developed our own cultures and arts to a level hitherto unfathomable. <laughs> you see, so, yeah, this is basically what we should have been doing from the onset. And now that when we have more people doing it, because art, art is a language in itself. I might not understand Japanese as a language or any language from Japan that they speak, but I will understand a piece of art that an artist has made, be it a painting, be it a piece of music, be it poetry. He, the, the person will stand on stage and read out a poem in their language. And I might not hear what they are saying, but I will feel it. You see? So as such art, art is, it's, 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 I like to believe it's a, it's a language of the spirits. And on the spiritual realm, we connect. It's an energy more than it is 
a basic, you know, tangible thing. Yes, and so that way, the understanding, the what is, it's, it's thrown out of the window because you might not hear what a person is saying, but you feel it. You feel it like, you know, I, I always say like, when I sit at my house and I play I'm a piano, I don't like them. But when I go to a place where the people that create this music, the people that love the music, the very generation it is made for as a culture, it's an energy I feel, you know, I realize how amazing these songs are and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I feel it. Yeah. But I come to my house and I play that very same song. I'm now in a, you know, a, a different you know, environment. Different environment. But there are also some songs that if a person who loves Amapian came to my house and found me playing my songs, I don't know what about it that would make them, ah, yes, I get this. Because they're experiencing it being practiced by a person for whom it was made for someone who's connected with it and blah, blah, and all that jargon that we can't put on paper uh, academically, you check. Which is the thing that a lot of academics have failed. You know, to they all try, but to really... This is why art, art doesn't have a single formula. They failed to put, you know what, if you do this, you do this this way, and that way you will succeed as an artist. That's not possible. One artist will succeed one way, doesn't necessarily mean that other artists will succeed the same way. They have to pave their way. They have to make their way because we are creators. If you are creative, you create. You see, so every one of us is unique in their way, in what they create, in where they draw inspiration and blah, 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 all that, you see. So what's a way that we can be more comfortable with tapping into our own stories because one of the things that I bump into a lot is that a lot of people are more comfortable in sitting in, as you're talking about, this box that we have of what the Western culture looks like and what we can practice instead of um, telling our own. Like, how can we get out of that frame of mind so that we can tap into our own stories more and more and not be afraid to tell them? You know what? Unfortunately, that is like a joke. <laughs> you either get it or you don't. <laughs> or, yeah, or you, you know, or it offends. I don't know. You know, because telling our own stories, what are our own stories? Because it, it, it keeps breaking down until it gets to me as an individual and my uniqueness. You know what? Uh... But then also the other flip side is because, uh, you know what, within the art that I practice, I acknowledge it to be a craft, right? I acknowledge it's been practiced by other people and other people before me, right? So at the end of the day, even if the story is unique to me, because I'm putting it on the platform of a craft, it has the potential to reach out to other people to whom it's not their story. We tend to relate. Just like, you know, one thing I grew up hearing when I listened to Puck's music 
is you can relate you can relate you know because he's singing issues he's gonna song make a song for his mother and quite a lot almost everyone loves their mother so no matter whether they like rap or they don't like rap they love a song about the mother a dedication to the mother you check that sort of thing so you can relate you know how you can relate to this guy you can relate to this guy so this is why also love is one of the most explored uh theme in in art it's because everyone all the time is going to fall in love regardless and you know and stuff they love we are lo- we love naturally you know yes we get hurt and stuff like that that's why songs about pain also reach to us you check but i think the idea of telling our own stories really should not be something of discomfort you know it should be something that is very natural second nature to us because it's my story it's your story it's our story we are first hand first person you know telling within that story it's different from when somebody from somewhere in australia comes to zimbabwe and wants to tell a story about a closer person in Bembes. It's very different because there's so much that that person is going to tell that is just on the surface and they do not delve deep into the essence of the story, the spirit, the soul of the story. Whereas we, like I can't tell a story about a guy in New York. What do I know about New York? I've never been to New York. You check. Even if I may feel, you know, their pain, whatever it is they're going through, even if I may feel, you know, their struggles, their motivations, I can, I can imagine it and I can tell a good story. But that's what then makes the difference between good art and great art. Great art is personal and as such riches to the personal in everybody else. Okay. So let's say I've managed to put together my body of work, um, music, a book, a script, poetry, right? And I have done it unique to me, unique to my language, unique to my culture. How, what are some of the ways that I could help to break out my body of work, um, from, from, where I am in Zimbabwe for it to start being noticed outside of the outside of the borders. What are some of the ways I can help to get my art to be noticed out there? Uh that's a difficult one because nowadays, you know, the world has changed. I like to think, you know what, I'm back to being a student. One of the worst things I can't do which I struggle with is social media. And we live in a world where now You've got people that are well-versed in that and know how to reach uh, multiple people from multiple places around the world just seated at home, you know, with their skills and their talent and all that. Uh, I, I grew up in the more traditional means of, 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 of doing things. You know, we've got an album. We apply to festivals that we know. We go and perform there. 
you know, we apply here and there. If we're accepted, if we're not accepted, we try again different times and blah, 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 more traditionally by using that artwork to move us forward. Uh, and as such, that's basically how uh, some of the work that we work on grew because even if we went to places, festivals, so I, I remember when I started, I actually invested. First time I performed in Joburg as a poet is around the time when Facebook was initially started. So uh, I used to watch ETV, and there was a show called Shizneys on there. Yes, yeah, so they used to have rappers and poets and stuff like that. And I saw this crew of, po of, of poets called Liquid Tongue. Liquid Tongue had flow, Val, and uh, what's that other guy's name? He's going to kill me for forgetting his name. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm sorry, you, but... And I have you on tape for this. <laughs> <laughs> Who sent you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so I saw them. When I, I, saw, see the, I saw them on Shizniz, and then you know, when Facebook was new and you're just on Facebook and just flipping through everything, I came across a liquid tongue event in Newtown. I was like, ah, cool. I inboxed them. Guys, I want to come and perform there. They're like, ah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, uh, you're welcome. I'm like, no, 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 I'm in Bulawayo. <laughs> in Zimbabwe. <laughs> and they're like, I would love to have you right now. We're still growing, so we might not be able to meet all the expenses and the likes. I'm like, no, I mean, let me also work on it on my side. So I looked for money at the time. I remember the Greyhound bus was 50 bucks. So I found $100 and I booked a return ticket. I would leave here Friday evening. The, the show was on a Saturday afternoon. I leave here Friday evening, get there on Saturday, go and perform. I reached out to a friend and asked them to spend the night at their place. They said, cool. And so I'll spend the night at the place, then get the bus on Sunday, I'm back home on Monday. You know, so I did that. Found $100, booked a bus, got on a bus, went to Joburg, performed for free. And the guys didn't know that I would be able to make it considering the distance. So they did, when they did the poster, they did not put me on the poster. And then when I got into the door and I introduced myself, I remember Val was at the door. Yes, the other guy is Quaz. Val was at the door. And when I introduced myself to Val, she was surprised. And oh, we didn't even know you're going to make it. Then Flo was the MC and she went and told Flo. And then Flo did not even know what I looked like. So when he was told, he did not know. He, when he was told, Tsuarello is here and he'll perform, he did not know if I was a woman or I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing he says, this next poet, you know what? Names can be deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> but then I performed there and someone saw me and the following year, they invited me to a festival in Bramfontein a paying gig, you know, and as such started my job journey. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, the 
piece that you performed on that day? What language was it in? It was in English. It was in English. Uh, I, I, I wrote all my poetry pieces in English. Uh, I think my main hook for me was the subject matter. What I'm talking about, really, was more of my reality or my disdain or whatever, but my work was largely in English. And then, yeah, I've never written a poetry piece not in English, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then it's 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 interesting how you had like for me it's the audacity, you mm-hmm. know, to um write an email and well to say that you want to be invited onto a show in South Africa. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those it's not something that you hear um often people do. But at times, this is something that you actually need to get down yeah. to doing if you need to like appear in some of these spaces. So, mm-hmm. what's 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 some of the places that, like, as an artist, I can keep my eye on so that I can be able to know which festivals are happening where, and also getting to understand this process of when I ask or when I apply to go to these places, what are some of the things that they ask for? What are things that I need to be prepared for so that if I get a yes, I will have ready or could better my chances of being accepted into these spaces? Uh, I think to begin with, first and foremost, some of these spaces are spaces by ordinary people like us. There's a poetry session, a music session, a whatever session, almost all the time, almost every week, somewhere around the country or in the region and the likes, right? So, uh, like, reaching out, you know, reaching out is nowadays one of the simplest things, unlike long back when we used to write letters and you have to wait for the post to deliver away the air. Nowadays, you inbox people. If you're inboxing people on a professional level, you know, you tell them who you are. Some people are interested. Let's see your profile. You have a ready profile. If you are a poet, you have a ready profile. You have a ready body of work. You know, nowadays, you don't have to have a physical book. If you write books, you can have written your book and you have a sample of it. If you want to protect your work and not share your entire body of work on internet a sample of it if you think okay my opening chapter and this book I'll, I'll, I'll share this so people can read and see what my work is like and make that consideration uh, nowadays we have videos and audio at our disposal you know if I'm a performance poet or a musician I can put myself using my phone singing a song playing a guitar that I you know, I think this is, and the likes. But the idea is to be ready yourself with your work, with your information about you, you know, uh, and the likes. And so when you talk to people, you network with people, you talk to artists. Because if I go to a, 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 a music event, I'm sure, definitely, 
I'll meet three, four other people who also host music event of theirs for themselves. So one of the other things is networking, which all my life I never, I've never been good at networking, you know. But it's one of the things that helps when you go to places and you speak to people, you network, you get to an event uh, where a jazz band is playing, and you're also in a jazz band. And then um, the right there, you meet other people that have spaces or events that also host jazz. And you're speaking, uh, I mean, exchange. And, you know, so some of the greatest relationships I have today in the art circle with people is because of meeting in art spaces, you know, and meeting and just kicking it off and just talking and, and learning about each other, you see. So that's one of some of the things you have to be ready about. Then with the bigger platforms, there's local festivals. You know, one of the things that I realized sometime, I'm, I'm personally as a person in Zimbabwe, not for awards. Because this is my philosophy is because I feel there's so much more. Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a foot soldier. I work on the ground. I believe there is so much more we need to cultivate and develop before we get to awarding each other. But you know what awards do? Awards build an artist's profile. In the sense that, look at a NAMA. A NAMA award is the equivalent of an Oscar or a Grammy in the U.S., in the sense that if I come and meet an American director or producer and I tell them, I won a National Arts Merit Award in Zimbabwe, they are thinking of the National Award they know in their country. And this is the top tier award here. And yet, as an artist, I'm here and I'm thinking lowly of our awards, but they are very, very beneficial to artists, if I win a BAA, that's a regional award in my country. So when I meet somebody from the UK, they are thinking, so this guy is... I remember I used to joke with Ramadu where, when they were based in Austria, they were based in Austria, when he was in Austria, and I would tell him, you know what, I'm a bigger artist right now in Zimbabwe than you are in Austria. <laughs> you see, and it's like why I'm like yeah because if they asked for Zimbabwean poets I, I, I bet at the time I'd say I bet I'd be in the first five names because you can and present yet, yourself as an award winning well I never won poetry awards but when you spoke of Zimbabwean poets there's a time where you know what first five names my name would be there and yet he's in austria and if they ask for austrian musicians there'd be a hundred musicians named before they name him this is what i would say to him so i'm saying this to just say uh how building your profile how accepting uh the context the local environment and the context and realizing the benefits we already have, you know, uh, where you win a BAA, 
kudos to these guys doing these awards because I learned when I thought about it that, yeah, it builds your profile. And so you become a top-tier artist because you're putting in work locally and you're being recognized locally. And so any platform, any festival, any promoter, any whatever from around the world, when you tell them National Arts Merit Award, they think, wow, so this guy must be huge. And you are huge. You are huge. In your context, in your country, you are huge. And as such, you are huge everywhere in the world. You might not be selling the billions that Beyonce is selling, but you are huge. You are you no know, first level, grade one artist, so that kind of thing. Yeah. What, what I also picked up from what you've been saying um, with all of this is I should also, as an artist, I should also not be afraid to apply. Yes, definitely. And not necessarily wait for a festival to reach out to me or to do a call out for me to apply to. I should I should not be afraid to see an opportunity or one of these spaces presenting themselves and then put myself there as well and say, Hi, I'm here. If there is space, include me. It's like it's it's like waiting on your crush to come and ask you out. How how do they know like <laughs> they are your crush? <laughs> but you they are your crush, you go and tell them, listen, I you know what? I I, I think I like you. May we go out for some coffee or tea or whatever. They'll either say yes or no. If they say yes, the drama heightens. You're going on to the next stage. T R you know, me and this person vibe, you know, it's keep going up, going up, you know, and the likes. But if I, you know, I'm, somebody's my crush and I'm chilling here and I, I want them to recognize, they don't even know. Maybe they're not even thinking along those lines at all. You check. So this is how it works. Yeah. All right. Um, I want you to take me through the journey that you had with Nobuntu from um, how you met slash formed, um, the things that you managed to achieve and how you managed to get a performance outside of the country. Okay, so uh, with Nobuntu, I remember... Also, sorry, uh, I, I keep referring to it as if you know, uh, there are some people who probably do not know the group Nobuntu. Please also start there. All right. So Nobuntu is a five-part a cappella group of women. Uh, the idea is to really sing a cappella music. Imbube. Imbube has always been male-dominated. It is. That's what it is. You'll find some groups here and there that have both men and women, but it's over time always been a a men's, you know, thing. And yet there have been some groups here and there who've, as women, put, you know, out in work, maybe not to the scale, I don't know, I'm yet to find out. Like I know my Odella queens have, have some Mbube songs, 
but they would sing also band stuff with Matlatinian stuff. So this idea honestly came from Ramadu. I think him being out there realized an opportunity or multiple opportunities for a, 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 a women or women a cappella group. So yeah, he came through is like, you know what, let's start this. Let's 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 try and put out a group of what? Of women who sing a cappella, just purely a cappella, five part. So initially I remember a long time ago we put a call out on Facebook. Uh, we put a call out on Facebook looking for uh, vocalists. And at the time, I think two, we found two people that way. Uh, and then uh, some of the members were people I knew personally. So I'd go and talk to them. Listen, we have this thing. We're trying this, this, this. Would you like to join? You know? And as such, uh, the group uh, the group then came together. We, had, we managed to find five people in the parts that Ramadu as producer wanted. Because also, these particular parts, this person had to sing these parts to make up the all harmony that he was envisioning. Right? And so, yeah, we, as 10th District, we basically knew we want this and uh, would like to call it this. You see? So the name, we I remember we were milling about and going for days trying to figure out a name when we had found the, 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 the people. And surprisingly, when we decided on the name and he informed partners that he had out there in the world, I remember our initial... The initial tour was Austria. Before we even recorded a single song, people were interested in the idea. You know, so we were now under pressure to prove this group actually exists by sending songs. I remember he was in Austria, I was here, and I had to record three songs. Uh, and then uh, we recorded those three songs, and he was trying to produced them while he was in Austria over the phone, over online, and presented the songs. And people loved the songs. And they were like, now we want photos to see that this group actually exists. <laughs> and we had to buy a camera and quickly do a photo shoot, you know, and uh, send photos. And they're like, now we want a music video, <laughs> you know, and the likes. And so... But now, one of the most amazing things now, having found the group, was them now coming up with creative songs, ideas, just the diversity. Because all these people came from very diverse backgrounds. You know, you had five creativities in the room, you know, working coming up with different ideas towards music and all that and us trying to figure out, okay, how do we record this? How do we do this? How do we do that? And the likes. And so that that's always like some of the most amazing 
one of the most amazing things working with Nobuntu is just observing and witnessing the diversity of creativity within that group of five people. You know, so that's basically how it came about and how it grew. There was already interest when Ramadu was out there proposing the idea to festivals, to promoters that he's worked with while he was, was touring within Sing Easy and stuff. So while he was just proposing the idea, people just fall in love with it. And we were really under pressure to then meet the demand now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've answered. Pretty much. What I'm also, what I've also learned is utilize your connections to the diaspora, man. Yes. <laughs> Make them utilize them. Make yeah. them utilize them. When you travel, you meet uh, someone from somewhere else. You know? And you don't meet people for no reason. You don't just meet people for nothing. No. I believe in life we meet for a reason. A specific person. You meet a specific person for a reason. You might not know the reason at the time. But one day, the reason will unfold itself to you. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And in your own opinion, what have you been seeing in this, in our current arts industry that's hindering some of our artists, young artists, even currently trending artists from going global? Because reality is we, we have a lot of big stars that we have locally. And the honest truth is that some of them could even perform on the same level as some of the other African stars that we have. But you haven't seen them make an effort to make their mu music leave the borders or for them to actually tour or perform outside of the country. What's, what's causing some of our artists, some of our hit makers and even the ones that are up and coming to not make it outside of the borders. Well, the Zimbabwean situation is peculiar. I would have named names, but you know, yeah. it's going to be a public podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Zimbabwean situation is very, I don't know if peculiar is the right word. You know, for an artist to make it out there in the world, so many things come together. And not always there and then. You know, sometimes these are things that have just been coming together over time while that artist is practicing. Sometimes it's things that are there and then. You check. Uh, a good example would be, let's say, art education. We have so many films from South Africa that we are watching now that are by South Africans because some time years back, South Africa decided to go on a drive, whether it's South Africa, the government, Ministry of Arts meeting with multi-choice or whoever, whatever partner it was, decided to invest, make competitions and invest in the technical people in film train film directors, school cinematographers, editors, and stuff. And over time, you now have South Africans producing their films. 
you know and in zimbabwe we don't yet as yet have that investment into the education and development of our arts so almost all the artists that we have have to carry that burden of education and investment on their own shoulders you know what some are privileged enough to have the investment the education some are not and even still with some that may have the education and the investment it's not a guarantee that they make it i think for us as 10th district music working with nobundu working with stango and nongoma and the artists we've worked with is we've also been privileged to have had somebody like you see ramadu in singizi when they were still in singizi miyama went on their first tour in europe in 95 and so for me that first time that they went was something that was working out for Ramatu over time things coming together such that in 2011 we start 10th district and nobundu and things work out like are saying there was now a demand that we were under pressure to meet so i look at myself and the groups nobundu as having had the blessing and privilege privilege because this guy here his life had these things coming together that me and nobundu didn't have to struggle as much as another artist you check that sort of thing but also that particular artist has staff working for them for example i don't think to name names i don't know if nobundu is as popular as mrs k in malawi i don't know i don't know mrs k is huge here locally we wish we were as huge in malawi and zimbabwe as well but we are not as huge as japraza or winky d you know locally yes we've got a market and a following internationally and we're privileged to have that but i don't think we are as huge as asef locally we really want to work at cultivating that and being that huge i don't know maybe i'm i'm getting it mixed up i don't have the information you know but from my perspective i don't know if we are that huge you know and we want to cultivate and have that so it's so many things that come together for an artist to then become what they become in terms of success and all that and sometimes many a time personally i wish then artists to then go on the you know when they grow because now also there is there is the idea that some artists are popular they are famous they are known all over but that fame it's not all the time that it matches the fortune you know some artists have the fortune they just don't have the fame and it's always a blessing and a privilege if the two meet both fame and fortune yes if that meets those two meet then you know what i, I think 
as I'm speaking, I'm trying to remember what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you had answered it quite earlier on, and All I right. think this is one of the good places for me to actually conclude this because if I go okay. any further, I might spoil. Um, All right. The 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 good nuggets that you have, yeah. <laughs> All and right. Also, I've kind of gone over with my with the time, time. that I'd asked yes. from you. Yes. All right. Uh-huh. But um, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate um, the time that you've taken with me here, and for you to share the knowledge and the experience that you've had. Um, in closing, if you could just let us know where people can find you um, online. Um, your handles, your platforms, and if they ever want to get in touch with you. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for considering me. Uh, it's a privilege, you know, for people to say, ah, okay, we acknowledge you, we recognize you, and we'd like to have a conversation with you. That's really amazing for me. Uh, personally, I'm not the, quite the online person. I think I've got an a, a Instagram account, Tswarelum Toby and a Twitter account, uh, Tswarelum Toby as well. But then uh, uh, people can go to 10thdistrictmusic.com to get stuff about 10th District Nobuntu music, to get stuff about Nobuntu. And the same goes with uh, Nobuntu on uh, Twitter. Uh, I don't remember if we have an Instagram account. I'm really terrible at that, so... Yeah, <laughs> you see, but, I think mm-hmm. I think you've you found the solution to one of the questions you were asking as to why you're not as big locally as one yes. of these. Yes, mm-hmm. you have yes. found your gap. The answer, yes, yeah, exactly. You, you have found your gap. And but uh, I think I would want to. The interest would be to, cause yeah, I'm terrible at social media, and so is everybody <laughs> else on the team. But the interest would be to maybe to find somebody to then take that part up mm. and, uh, you know, yeah, you know, do their thing. Mm. This this could be the part where you work with Kura Agency, but it's a discussion we take off podcast. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> All cool. Right. cool. No. All right. Thank you so much. I need to let All you right. go now. I All right. appreciate Thank you. your time. Um, Thank you very much. I will be in touch because there are things that you mentioned that I need proper information for so that I can put it in the show notes. All right. All right. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. This was Kura Casts, funded through the Scripts and Bars project by K Media Africa, supported by the British Council in partnership with the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, SDC.